We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome to the week 14 edition of the Waiver Wire podcast. I'm Joe Bart, alongside me as always, Jake Letarski. Uh, getting you set here before we hit the, I guess, uh, interlude here. A lot of bye weeks going on, six teams. Heavy it's quarterback. Wild. Yeah, it's going to be wild insane. There. Obviously, everyone's competing for a playoff spot as well, too. I know Jake was just talking off air about uh, how he's going to move over through his bye week conundrums as well. So we're here to hold your hand through it for the penultimate week before the fantasy playoffs. Uh, stick around as we get you get uh, get you set for that. And welcome to the Tuesday, December sixth edition of the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by No House Advantage. Uh, you can find me at JB Fantasy Sports, different name than my last name, apparently. And of course, Jake Latarski at Roto Jake, uh, running down week four. I'm sorry, week fourteen waiver wire pickups. Obviously, again, playoffs uh, ramifications big time for this week. Also, six teams on by this week. How are you going to maneuver that? How are you going to maneuver the Jimmy Garoppolo and Lamar Jackson injuries as well, too? For a league that seems to love fantasy and adapt to fantasy, this is about as bad as it's yep. going to get. Yep. This is this is a week of the playoffs for so many teams that are fighting for playoff spots, and you have to deal with six teams, six very fantasy-relevant teams, uh, including the number one overall pick in every single draft and, 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 and just so many more assets here. We're going to help you navigate around it. I've got a big list of names at each, each position, guys that are some that you can pick up for the playoffs, some that um, you know that will just help you get to the playoffs. So we, we'll, we'll help you out this week. Yeah, we'll also discuss uh, uh, the comeback by Tom Brady over the last five minutes of that Saints game last night. Before we do all that, though, let's get a word from our sponsors. No House Advantage. No House Advantage has changed the game by offering the most dynamic Fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pickup contests versus other people for a shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20x your entry if you hit all your picks, bet up to five player props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major league uh, sport, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code NHWIRE. That's N-H-A-W-I-R-E at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined. It's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. Okay, there's a lot of content, again, with six teams on by, so we can keep this short and sweet from a Monday Night Football mm-hmm. recap because for 55 minutes, that was one of the worst games uh, <laughs> of the entire season, and I guess you'd come to expect mm-hmm. that with the Saints, who are bad, and the Buccaneers, who... Evidently, are also really bad, but oh, by the way, they have the greatest quarterback of all time, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, able to lead them back in yeah. that win. Absolute underachievers, but 
uh, they were able to get it done here. Yeah, the story of this game can be summed up, you know, real quick. The, the Buccaneers came down, great opening drive, held to a field goal, right? And then it was garbage for the next, you know, 50 minutes. You know, nothing was going on. Tom Brady was, and, and, and the Buccaneers were turning the ball over. The Saints could move the ball a little bit. Andy Dalton made some decent third down throws, but they couldn't execute in the red zone. So it was largely field goals. It ended up being, you know, 16 to three. Um, and then with around eight minutes left, uh, the Bucks were driving. Brady wanted to go for it on fourth and 10 from about his own 20, 25 yard line. Todd Bowles said, no, Brady was visibly upset. I thought that rift was going to be the headline of that game. Not so fast here. You know, they, uh, they managed to get the ball back. The defense stepped up when they needed to. Tom Brady goes down and leads one touchdown drive. Uh, they kick it, you know, back to the saints. They can kick away because they had their timeouts. The saints, there was less than three minutes left, but the saints couldn't burn any clock. At all, which was a little bit questionable, maybe the play calling there. I understand you play to win and maybe throw the ball in some situations. Uh, that wasn't the case. I mean, they were three and out with only, you know, less than a minute taken off the clock in that scenario. Of course, give the ball t- back to Tom Brady in this situation. We've all seen it before. We know what happens. Of course, if you're like me, if you're a Godwin uh, owner who uh, would have was jumping up and down thinking they won their fantasy matchup after he scored the game winning touchdown. <laughs> right. Then it gets called back due to uh, a hold from the most holding penalized offensive lineman of all time who had two in this game. Um, So that was a little bit frustrating, but uh, that's the story of the game. Um, You know, Godwin's the top target for for the Bucks, uh, 13 targets. Tight end Cade Otten was 10. Only six targets, or only four targets, I'm sorry, for Mike Evans. So uh, I thought the broadcast... Without, made... I mean, Marcus Lattimore was not there, too. That's yeah, exactly. owns Mike Evans. He was not mm-hmm. playing for the Saints this week. Uh, you had mentioned the not Chris Godwin touchdown also hurt DK uh, prop bet uh, betters as well, too. Ooh, they had a okay. special out there that if Mike Evans or Godwin had caught a touchdown, it was plus 100 odds. Oof. That's tough. Yes. Um, yep. uh, Mike Evans had previously scored a touchdown on every Monday Night Football game he had played prior to that. Mm-hmm. That's why those stats are stupid to me because it's a different game every single time, mm-hmm. as pointed out by this. The Kate Otten 10 targets is important. He did catch a touchdown yes. to begin the comeback. It was a one-year play. It wasn't like Kate Otten did anything special. Mm-hmm. But getting 10 targets from Tom Brady, especially in that offense, which needs guys to get involved, I think is kind of a critical thing, mm-hmm. especially at yeah. the position right now. 10 targets, you turn it into 28 yards and a touchdown. But uh, you know, given that guys like Ertz and Dallas Goddard are still in the top six of overall tight ends this season, uh, that tells you all you need to know about uh, the tight end landscape. And those guys are going to be very, very relevant here. I want to quick touch on Rashad White, Leonard Fournette, because mm. that's that's kind of a, you know been a big story. Rashad White's been a hot pickup while Fournette has been slightly injured and White's even been kind of overtaking him a little bit. But uh, Fournette had 10 carries to White's nine. Uh, White had uh, eight targets to Fournette's seven. And of course, White scores the game-winning touchdown. The snap share was about 60-40 for Fournette White. So, um, you know, even if Fournette gets back to 100%, I think White still has that uh, you know, appeal and is going to be flexible, a flexible fantasy player I, as we move towards the playoffs. I completely agree with you. I mean, that was, I mean, he was getting targets even before the Fournette injury had happened weeks prior, and I think is still involved and was capable in his start as well, too, for Fournette. So that's, that's crucial stuff here. Also, crucial stuff, these six teams on by. I, I would be shocked if your team, your fantasy team, is not dealing with a bye week ramification in some way, shape, or form. This should have, be immediate across every team uh, in every league at the moment. So Falcons, 
Bears. Okay, not so much. Yeah, probably Justin Fields who continues to be Montgomery, Patterson. Okay, right. Packers. uh, I mean, you probably were having to start these Packers, but you might be doing yourself a favor. I mean, Aaron Jones is one of my best teams all year has featured Aaron Jones in the starting lineup every single week. Christian Watson is the one. Yeah, and Watson, exactly. Watson Um, has been a game changer. He's turned one of my seasons around. Yeah, Saints. guys are relevant. uh, Chris Olave, right? Not not, Alvin Kamara, again, you're saving yourself if you're not playing him. Commanders, Terry McLaurin, other... But it's the Colts with Jonathan Taylor, the number one overall pick. That's critical. And and to be fair, mm-hmm. I mean, we are aware of this to begin the season. And some people, myself included, were saying, well, you get 13 weeks, the number one overall player. It's fine. You, you should mm-hmm. be in a good position. Well, it hasn't happened so much with Jonathan Taylor when you're playing him this year. Critical spot. So, again, six teams on by, relevant yeah. guys across the board for the most part. Specifically, I think you could say there's at least three or four quarterbacks, maybe a super flex especially, that you're having to deal with. And I think that's going to be key because we did have some injuries. Now, mm-hmm. first Jimmy Garoppolo, done for the season uh, with his foot injury. I don't know. Brock Purdy. Looked pretty darn pretty against the the Dolphins this past yeah. week as well too, right? Oh, how, how long were you waiting on that one? I loved it. Uh, seven <laughs> minutes, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, he, he's Mister Irrelevant. That's what I learned from Jeff and Allen the other day. Last pick in the draft, twenty five for thirty seven, two hundred ten yards, two touchdowns and an interception against the Dolphins on Sunday. Uh, the Dolphins have been pretty bad against opposing quarterbacks. Generally, they find themselves in a lot of shootouts. The reason they have success is because two has played better and they're able to keep up. Um, but the thing with Purdy is he's not really much of a rushing quarterback in that offense. Uh, you know, he carried the ball four times for minus one yard so i think if anything it helps mccaffrey the most but um it's a pretty decent rest of season schedule i mean as of uh let's see i, I got these numbers monday afternoon tampa bay was 12th against opposing quarterbacks seattle 21 washington 19 las vegas 28 and arizona 30 but that's week 18 so that's largely irrelevant purdy um yeah, I mean, sure, in two quarterback leagues, that's fine. If you need a, you know, there's going to be some deep 14 team leagues where people hoard quarterbacks where, uh, you know, that could, it could be a plausible start. I don't love him against Tampa Bay this week. And then, of course, you know, you get all the Baker Mayfield rumors, right? Because he's on wave, waivers now. And finally, do we get Baker Mayfield to San Francisco? Um, I don't know. If I were San Francisco, I'd put it out there that you want him, but then actually just pass on him because I don't, I think he could be a net negative. I, I think we, it's not breaking news necessarily, but I think it was confirmed the 49ers are not interested in claiming Baker off of waivers. Okay, so, step one of my two step plan. <laughs> okay. And then, <laughs> Or oh, wait, be, actually, no, the opposite of what I said. Never well, mind. I was going to say it might add to what you're saying is that it sounds like the Rams are interested. So maybe the 49ers feigning interest mm-hmm. is going to be helpful uh, in terms yeah. of the Rams continuing to have a bad record. Because I, I don't – Baker Mayfield's better than John Wolford and mm-hmm. uh, Bryce Petty or their yeah. third string guy. But, like, sure. he's not – Baker Mayfield's not that much. I would – if Baker Mayfield is picked up by mm-hmm. the Rams, I will not be playing Baker Mayfield yeah. at all, even in the Superflex. Exactly. And, and the other thing is I wouldn't necessarily uh, expect the same from Purdy because, you know, teams are going to have – a good amount of film on him now, you know, as opposed to just kind of guessing in the middle of the game, you know, against an, an already average defense doing that. So I'm not as high on picking him up as I am on a guy like Tyler Huntley, even though it's only mm-hmm. a one week type of thing, maybe more than one week. Right. So Lamar Jackson suffered a knee injury against the Broncos. He left the game. He didn't come back. The offense stagnated for a while. And then Tyler Huntley kind of led the game winning drive there. So, um, you know, he, he's got it. And we've seen Tyler Huntley have, plenty of fantasy success uh, in the past. Now you could argue that the receivers or the weapons uh, aren't quite as great, but Mark Andrews is still around. You've got, um, you know, you've got a, a slew of running backs that are all capable back there and he can run a little bit himself. So uh, we don't think the, Mar- or the Lamar Jackson thing isn't season ending, 
But uh, it seems to me like he'll be out this week. Again, we don't know for sure on, on a Tuesday, but if J- John Harbaugh's calling him week to week and he's already said he's less likely to play Sunday against the Steelers, the Steelers are a decent matchup for opposing quarterbacks. I think Huntley is arguably right up there with one other streamer that I'm looking at. So the Huntley thing is interesting. I don't know if you remember this from last year um, when the Ravens played the Packers, but Lamar Jackson left that game. Huntley came in just was dynamite, right? And, and I think I led mm-hmm. two consecutive scoring drives to make that game competitive and almost beat the Packers. Uh, and I came away convinced. 38.1 fantasy points in that game against the Packers. Huntley had 38? 38.1. Okay, I, so I think, I think our, our default thing is maybe a little bit generous, the 20-yard passing it might not take away. Um, but yeah, okay. so, so. So Huntley, or I'm sorry, Lamar had this mm-hmm. time. Either to yeah, exactly. Us. So he played right. four of the last five weeks uh, last season. Um, 22, 38.1, 15.3, and 14.3. So those last two are the key part of this. And and I, I'm mm-hmm. going to go back to the Packers one for a second. We thought, man, that, that's a pretty good backup, if nothing else. Maybe could be, I thought, a low-end starter. I actually have him in a uh, league where we have 30 roster spots, and I was you know, essentially backing up Lamar Jackson. This guy could maybe be a starter at some point. Yeah. The, the Ravens ended up keeping him around this offseason mm-hmm. on a restricted contract. Fine. I think what we learned is actually the Packers' defense is horrendously bad, a.k.a. the season, and that the <laughs> Huntley production, which has largely been clouding my mind as to why he's a good quarterback, mm-hmm. is clouded. Or, I'm sorry, is a little so, bit uh, – the data is skewed in that sense. Exa- so here's the dilemma that we're going to run into. A ton of people picked up Mike White after he looked good and he had a pretty good matchup against the Vikings, had a decent fantasy day here. So now you're looking at, okay, do I, pay, do I start Tyler Huntley or do I start Mike White this week who's playing the Bills? Or if you have one of those six quarterbacks mm. and we're streaming. So that becomes a really tough decision here. I mean, do you take Huntley against the Steelers or White against the Bills? And I think I'm leaning Huntley on that one. I think I'd go elsewhere. <laughs> I know we have six go teams. Elsewhere. I'm not going to do right. either one of them. That's, yeah. not, that's I, I've got answer. a couple other options here for well, you. I mean, yeah. Let's go. So, yeah. So, um, I, I, we can touch on the, the other two quarterback things later. But Jared mm. Goff is still 50% rostered. Um, I think he is probably the best option out of all three of those players because uh, he gets a home game and he gets the Vikings and the Vikings, as you saw against the jets and against the Patriots, uh, you know, on Thanksgiving, uh, they made Mac Jones, a fantasy relevant quarterback. They made Mike white, a very fantasy, what relevant quarterback Jared Goff is actually got some weapons that are continuing to emerge. I mean, we all know about a Monra Deandre Swift is getting healthier and starting to take over. Um, GJ shark is back getting healthier, expanding his role every week. Jameson Williams is around apparently, as a special teams gunner yeah we can talk a while about that decision but in any case uh jared goff is only 50 percent rostered and uh, i would go out and put a, a bid for him immediately i think he should be rostered and uh possible starter you know if you're relying on uh i mean rogers you're probably not relying on but mariota you could be dalton heineke uh, yeah Field, or fields heineke fields yeah. fields is the biggest quarterback mm-hmm. I, I totally whiffed over my head because of the bears uh who fields again not to get too sidetracked but decent looking pocket passing day against the uh the Packers that's getting overlooked a little bit so um but anyway if you're uh if you were lucky enough to stumble on fields and you need another guy I'm looking for Goff I'm looking for Huntley um and then you know maybe Mike White's in the mix here but I'm also uh I would still take Mike White over over Purdy over whoever starts for the Rams over Kyle Allen for the Texans, who's starting now two weeks in a row over Davis Mills. I take him over, uh, you know, just again, bad matchup against the Bills to repeat myself, but would take him over Baker Mayfield where whoever he gets claimed. 
I'd take him over St- Skylar Thompson in Miami if Tua has a setback. Yeah. He remember he left the game and he returned due to an ankle injury. So that's another two quarterback guy. But um, I like I said, I, I think I'm ranking him Goff, Huntley, White as your streamers. I know the week. Dolphins had said with Tua that he, he could have come back to play if the game was competitive at all. Now it was mm-hmm. Tua's fault that the game wasn't competitive. So there is that as well too. I Catch I'm not 22. All right. Yeah, Skylar Thompson is not even a pickup in my mind in Superflex or anything like that, unless Agreed. we get. Some crazy information mm-hmm. that too is uh, exactly. Like, I'm just running down the two you, quarterback. List you had just missed a, a QB that I actually think I find more valuable than Jared Goff, and that's Ryan Tannehill against the Jaguars. Yeah, I, I actually am totally fine playing uh, Ryan Tannehill this week for the same reason that you met with Jared Goff. Like the Lions decimated the Jaguars' defense; they mm-hmm. haven't been good all season long, and teams have been committed to stopping Derrick Henry over the last couple of weeks, which has meant Ryan Tannehill is passing the ball more. Do the Jaguars have the personnel to stop that? No, probably mm-hmm. not. So maybe maybe it's more like Tannehill throws for 200 yards and a touchdown or whatever. Yeah. But if you have Lamar Jackson or Justin Fields and are needing to replace a QB, I don't mind Ryan Tannehill over, over Jared Goff, to be honest. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I do that for a couple of reasons because this is a run-first offense when it's having most success and especially after they build any kind of the lead. So um, it'll be the Derrick Henry show, number one, I believe. Number two, um, the emerging weapon of uh, of uh, Tannehill, Traylon Burks, who, you know, he was our darling on the waiver wire, at least my darling for the last couple of weeks. Of course, it goes out and get, takes a dirty hit on his uh, first 25-yard touchdown, can't come back to the game. He's now in concussion protocol. Oh, okay. Tannehill, Tannehill's back to Robert Woods and Westbrook Akeen as his top two receivers with Austin Hooper and another uh, Chigi Okonkwo, who maybe we'll mention a little bit later in the show. But uh, it's a lack of weapons, and I don't love the game flow for Tannehill. I did put him on the list as someone to consider. I, I mean, you could say the same thing about Mac Jones, who's only 13% rostered. He's at Arizona. That Arizona defense yeah, hasn't been a whole lot better. Um, and, you know, we saw Mac Jones excel. Hey, he had a 24, 25-point fantasy day against the Vikings. Uh, similarly bad, if not worse, past secondary in yeah. Arizona. So um, That's a good point. You know, I guess I'm, I'm Mac so Mac Jones is throwing, the, thrown in that conversation too. Yeah, I'm so low on the Patriots overall. But they have better skill guys, yeah. more consistent options uh, if they are choosing to pass the ball. Mm-hmm. That, that's fair. I'll, I'll hit you with a quarterback question right now because I think it's relevant. Jeff Johnson's asking. He has both Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson. I think that's the key part of this equation is mm-hmm. Watson, how bad he looked in his uh, re-debut. Does he drop any one of this group? So Josh Palmer, Pickens, Latavius Murray um, to pick up either – uh, Kirk Cousins or Jared Goff? Josh Palmer, Pickens. Um, it's a ten-team league, and I, that's a, why don't you just drop Deshaun Watson for Goff? That's, I think that's the move, or even Kirk Cousins, right? I mean, it, how's Cousins? I guess if it's a ten-team, Cousins might be available. Cousins against the Lions seems like a no-brainer. Oh and, yeah, yeah. Right? I drop, I drop Watson for Cousins and throw some fab on that if you can. That I guess would be I a waiver. Claim I wanted to make sure that you were. So I know how I feel about Deshaun Watson rest of season. And I said for mm-hmm. sure he was not going to be a QB one this week when he came back against the Texans. And I got laughed at by a lot of people on that. And lo and yeah. behold, he was very bad. So mm-hmm. are you, do you think Deshaun Watson returns to normal? Because that would be the kind of crux in this argument. I think Deshaun Watson will be a serviceable, fine starter for the rest of the season. If you have to use him, I'm not quite as low on him as you are, but the thing for me is, We've seen what Kirk Cousins has done. Like, you know, there's already a reasonable floor, a much higher floor with a little bit of a ceiling there. So, like, are you holding on to Watson, hoping he turns into what Cousins has been doing, a 20-point-a-week guy roughly? Or do you just grab the guy you know is a 20-point-a-week guy already? So, uh, yeah, Cousins is the man, especially in the matchup this week. I think I'd drop Watson. Okay. All right. That's where I'm at as well, too. I would I would definitely have Cousins. Also, Palmer – 
as good as he's been, if Mike Williams is back, I know he's back on the practice field. Right. If they get back to full strength and they have Mike Williams and Keenan Allen and, and double-digit target Austin Eckler, I'm not sure Josh Palmer has a roster spot in a 10-team league. You know, I'd have to look at the rest of the receivers. But I, if you I, were desperately Murray. clinging on to Watson, I could I could let him go too. Yeah, I think Latavius Murray is a little bit hard, especially in a 10-team a ten team league as well. Yeah, but that backfield's Murray's, I think. So it is. Yeah, but I would. We've uh, had this conversation with the Panthers. What's mm-hmm. what's the value of the worst back or worst running back in the worst offense in the league? I, I don't. It's hard in a ten yes. team league. I think that's really a hard conversation. All right, let's take a word from our sponsors, Blue Wire. Uh, again, for the video audience, we'll be right back. Obviously, the audio audience will stick around a little bit longer, uh, and we'll discuss these running backs again. Quarterback was more deeper, but the running backs kind of the key here. So uh, we'll hit the break here. This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour-plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. 
Okay, so we're back. And last week we had a, a whole bunch of conundrums at running back, whether it be yep. the Steelers, Jets, Josh Jacobs. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and really what ended up happening was son of a night and the Jets yeah. overall. Pretty much Carver everybody play. played. We were worried about ETN. He played. We were worried about uh, Josh Jacobs. He played. We were a little worried about McCaffrey, not necessarily in a sense that he wouldn't play, but that he was banged mm-hmm. up a little bit. Um, we were worried about Najee Harris, Jalen War, and all those guys ended up playing um, except for Michael Carter of the Jets, which made Bam Knight the play. And I still think that at 47% rostered, he, after he goes out there, has 100-plus yards from scrimmage. Um, you know, he could be the elite pickup, but uh, the one thing making me say not so fast, despite a 55% snap share and 15 carries, despite that, uh, he gets the Bills this week, which is what we just talked about with Mike White. It's going to be a tough matchup mm. here. This is a uh, a run defense that can pretty much stop the run with their you know front seven, front six even. You know they're talented enough up front, and then game flow could easily get out of hand here. Although the Jets have been competitive, so Bam Knight is up there at the top at forty seven percent, but. Uh, I don't think you can expect a lot this week. Now, a lot of people are going to have no other choice because of, you know, mm-hmm. Bimageddon. Yeah. I guess we'll call it again, Bimageddon part two. But, uh, uh, he, yeah, he's definitely up there. He's the only one out of the group uh, last week that really seemed to uh, take control. And even that could uh, – I, I don't remember seeing Carter to IR or anything like no, that. No, so, And it was a, a low oh, ankle yeah, sprain. Uh-huh. Yeah, not the high one. So, And even that could get ruined by Carter coming back here. So uh, I don't know if Bam Knight's a home run play, but he is definitely startable. From one conundrum to another, let's talk about the Seahawks backfield. I know I'm bouncing around the place. Oh, yeah. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, So Kenneth Walker left the game with what appeared to be a serious ankle injury, although I think the Seahawks had positive news to the extent, Mm -hmm. however. I believe they called it a foot strain, which is like a, a ligament being extended. Okay. Something like that. Again, hey, correct me if I'm wrong. If the doctors are out there, a few classes shy of my uh, my medical degree there, but uh, you know, a strain. That's is, vintage, is, Jake. Is, yeah, there. exactly, exactly. But um, but yeah, a foot strain and not a high ankle or a low ankle sprain or anything. So he hasn't necessarily been ruled out yet this week. Is is what we know. So Kenneth Walker leaves the game. Okay, so they already had their third string guy, Travis Homer, not play. He was inactive for this contest due to an injury. So you have DJ Dallas, who's been serviceable at the time, uh, gets 10 carries, 37 yards, also leaves the game. Then he had Tony Jones, remember, back with the Saints last year as guy mm-hmm. kind of filled in. He steps in. Okay, good depth. Oh, he gets hurt as well, too. Mm-hmm. So then they had Trot DJ Dallas back out to end the game, even though he was banged up. This is a key thing to me because they played the Panthers, you know, theoretically, if yep. you're using the Seahawks offense, they are going to be predicated on the run against a bad defense, although they're better up front than they are in the secondary. Mm-hmm. I, there's a valuable starter in this group. I don't know who yeah. it is, and that's the problem. Exactly. Chances are you don't have three, four open roster spots on your team to grab all three and see what the heck happens here. Um, so this is one where I'd maybe let somebody else guess and then watch really closely the Thursday, Friday injury reports and see if you can snag somebody for nothing once you get a little bit more uh, information on the situation here. Um Let's see here. I actually like, I've always kind of liked Travis Homer a little bit, what he's been able to do. He hasn't really been given the type of opportunity, but I think he's talented enough to actually make an impact if uh, against this Carolina matchup here. He's talented enough to make a pretty big impact if he ends up the feature back in any way. Um, I mean, if all these guys are questionable, if all these guys end up inactive, you know, I'm talking Walker, Homer, Dallas. I mean, Tony Jones is your guy by default. I don't think his ceiling is as high as someone like DJ Dallas or Travis Homer, but because, uh, you know, seven carries for 14 yards didn't actually do a whole lot. But he did get targeted four times, which is interesting and uh, noteworthy there. So this is a wait and see for me all around. I just named all the names, but I'd be lying if I told you 
player A or player B is definitely going to suit up and be the stud on Sunday. This is just uh, we need more information, so yeah. you're going to have to stay tuned throughout the week. The the one of the few unfortunate parts of doing the Tuesday show is that we just don't have a lot mm-hmm. of information on these types of scenarios. How about a W for you, Jake? Yeah, James Cook actually looking pretty darn good Thursday, and I think a lot of people will forget about it because it was so far away. But, I mean, he ended up splitting the backfield almost just split for split with Singletary, and I kept looking mm-hmm. during that game by – Wait, I, where's Singletary? Is he hurt? No, it just James yeah. Cook was dominating, which against the Patriots mm-hmm. defense means something. Yeah, people will uh, will definitely forget about that because Singletary kind of salvaged his fantasy day with a touchdown. So in terms of uh, you know uh, um, you know ultimate fantasy score and productivity, it was about equal. But James Cook's only twenty four percent rostered out there. The Jets are a decent enough matchup that uh, he could be successful at. And uh, to, to go into specifics on the numbers, Singletary forty four percent snap count. 42.7% for James Cook, who actually had one more carry than Singletary, 14 to 13. And he had six targets to Singletary's two targets. I think at this point, even though Hines was out there 30.7% of snaps, I think that's a little bit skewed because of his special teams and return work uh, there. He only had two carries. So I'm not worried about Hines sneaking in here. Um, you know, and, and he only, he lost three yards on his two carries anyway. Singletary did take 10 of the 11 fourth quarter snaps, so that could be a little bit uh, noteworthy, but also that game was starting to get out of hand a little bit. And uh, prior to the final quarter, quarter, again, I'm pulling all this from Jerry's backfield breakdown. Great stuff here. Prior to the final quarter, Cook had 48% of the snaps, while Singletary and Hines are both at 36. So uh, number one offense in the league. Uh, they're letting the rookie loose a little bit. Um, I think you can pretty safely go out and pick him up and start him. Empty the rest of your fab if uh, if you have to. If you have any left, use that first waiver priority because I know a lot of people, it's winter go home this week. And um, right. it's basically like the playoffs. And after the Jets this week, 13th against opposing running back. So above average, but not a devastating matchup. Miami is 14. And he's got the Bears week 16, the championship semifinals, who are 29th against opposing running backs in standard formats. And then the Bengals are another middle-of-the-pack team to finish it off with. Uh, even in a backfield split, um, you know, if the touchdown variance goes his way a little bit, we could have a uh, a league winning asset here. Yeah, I I could absolutely see that. I mean, there was a reason he was drafted in the second round, talent, right? I was a little bit lower on that than you, certainly. But if the Bills are willing to use him, that matters. Cause I still think that offense is one of the best in the league, and truthfully, they are one of the better teams in the league. So they should be in a spot to let Singletary or James Cook run out the end of the fourth quarter that's mm-hmm. if you're to say one team is going to consistently do that the rest of the season it's the bills even yeah. in a a tough set of matchups more or less that we had mentioned mm-hmm. is there anybody else that you really want to talk about there's like a couple ha- yeah there are a couple guys that are right at the 50 percent line i know we've been and you know myself has been cam makers bashers and Kyler and williams oh, supporters yeah. mm-hmm. um but you know if you if you take last week into account we have that one wrong and uh cam makers is only 46 percent rostered uh but then he goes out there and gets 71 0.9% of the snap share, 17 carries compared to three for Williams, uh, one target. I believe he also scored twice. Uh, so he scores twice, gets 17 carries, 72% of snaps. That's RB1 territory. I think Akers is a name that you should type in uh, before any of those guys that we uh, that we mentioned. Uh, uh, Akers, Cook is going to be interesting because Cook just has far better team, but seemingly less competition for touches. So I have to hit on Akers. Another guy who I know I've been hard on this year, you know, yeah, he's the classic, doesn't really pass the eye test for me example, is Tyler Algier of Atlanta. Um, but the thing with him is, is he went and 
I'll snap Cordero Patterson this week. I was playing against Patterson in one league, and you know he has like zero points in the first quarter. Is done. I'm thinking, what the heck happened here? And it's because Algier is getting uh, the bulk of the snaps, at least. You know, 52% compared to 46%. So it's a slight bump. Patterson actually got one more target. None of them were targeted in the passing game. If I'm looking at these right stats correctly here, um, actually no, they they were targeted. That's an error. Never mind. Um, but um. Uh, yeah, Algier five passes for 16 yards, Patterson seven for 37. But in any case, that's uh, that's noteworthy enough usage for me. So I mentioned that because he's still at 45%. And uh, unfortunately, though, I believe they're on a bye this week. So that's why he kind of gets bumped down. And then a couple last quick notes here. Uh, Jordan Mason is the backup to roster in San Francisco over Tyrion Davis Price if you're looking for that McCaffrey backup. And last but not least, if you are have the luxury of not uh, suffering through bye week Armageddon and can stash a guy, Khalil Herbert is down to 39% oh. rostered, and he's looking at a week 16 return. He expects to be back this year. That's when he's eligible. Uh, sure enough, the fantasy championship semifinals for most leagues, uh, again, if you can stomach that, if you have the roster spot to still field the lineup this week, I'd be looking at him too because he could be helpful down the stretch, especially uh, you know with all the wear and tear that's going on in Montgomery over the last few weeks. Yeah, I'm just going to reinforce the Jordan Mason call for a second because we've seen that backfield be tumultuous at times this season. Not that McCaffrey's ever going to lose snaps, but if you're the 49ers, especially not playing with your third-string quarterback, there's smarter ways to get these guys involved and set yourself up for the playoffs. I think Jordan mm-hmm. Mason might be fine in that in that system, just like Elijah Mitchell was flexible RB2 territory at times. And I'm not comparing the talent necessarily, but I don't think Jordan Mason is all that bad uh, and got the workload guaranteed, which is what we need to see in that overall yeah, uh, be, situation. Uh, the snap count, only 18% of snaps, but he did get eight carries out of that. So that is, uh, that's absolutely no, noteworthy. Yeah. Uh, and you could, you want to talk about the cuts? Uh, mm-hmm. This is a sad day for my Kyron Williams shares. Yeah. Yeah. Um, again, apologies to anybody that picked up Kyron Williams based on our advice. I think we can agree that we just don't know what the Rams are going to do all year and should stop trying to predict it. Ooh, that was uh, anyway. Um, but uh, well, these, the Rams are just so bad, right? I mean, yeah, the, they're the, terrible. The yeah, there, there's no logic there. And then again, I'm not really getting tough. too crazy with these cut lists, but of course you can cut James Robinson. He ain't it. Daryl Henderson's gone. Uh, Jalen Warren seems to be a possible cut if you have to. And then uh, Marlon Mack, too. And I don't think any of those guys I just named have any business being on a fantasy roster. Yeah, I, I would tend to agree as well, too. Let's go to the receivers before we do so good work from our sponsors. Pickett. Pickett is a social bet tracking app that takes out all the hassle of tracking your bets and performance over time. Pickett connects to every major U.S. sports book and DFS pick and provider, such as DraftKings, FanDuel, Underdog, Fantasy, Thrive, Fantasy, etc. Once you hook up all your sports book, Pickett does all the heavy lifting to slice and dice your betting data. You'll get detailed historical PL graphs, uh, breakdowns by team sport, player bet type, and more. You can also line shop for the best odds across your linked sports books to make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck when your bets are live. You can track the scores and stats of the games you've bet on as well as uh, get player prop updates from most major player prop markets. No more switching between your sportsbook app and different score apps. By far the biggest differentiator is that Pickett syncs history and bets from all legal major sportsbook. There's no manual entry required to track your bets once you have accounts linked. It's effortless from there. The social feed and community is what turns Pickett from just a bet tracking app to a home for betting where you can learn from others, see what others are doing, and find verified content to inform your betting decisions. Visit Pickett.com. That's P-I-K-K-I-T.com to download the Pickett app today. I love that. Uh, let's get that legal sports gambling in Wisconsin so I can use the Pickett app. That sounds like a lot of fun uh, and a lot of utility in that regard. Last week, we had recommended uh, Traylon Burks got the touchdown, the concussion like you mentioned earlier. Zay Jones, who I went on Twitter and said in a couple of spots, go ahead and start because I was hoping for offense. Well, 
one team at offense. It was not the Jaguars. So Zay Jones was miserable despite the targets. Jacoby Myers and eh, Jameis Williams, which I did call at least Jake. You, you lost the battle on that one. Uh, and then the, the Davis, uh, sorry, the uh, Elijah Moore and Corey Davis combo for the Jets with Mike White as well, too. So let's talk about the Corey Davis part of this, right? Yep. I, I mean, 10 targets is 10 targets, regardless exactly. of what you thought in that game. Yeah. And he's only 13% rostered. So pretty widely available. And uh, I mean, it's clear Garrett Wilson is the wide receiver one there. That's who Mike White seems to enjoy throwing to the most. And, uh, you know, he's found plenty of success, but uh, caught five of his 10 targets for 85 yards in those game uh, in those game tying attempted drives. Those those drives that Mike White had to lead with the game on the line. He was going to Corey Davis frequently. Mm. That's one observation I pulled from the red zone there. Um, I think, uh, I mean, we, we know Corey Davis, first round pedigree. Um, you know, I remember watching him all the way back uh, playing the Badgers in that bowl game when he was a Western Michigan guy. Corey Davis is good. He's talented. Tough matchup against the Bills, but they are only number 20 against opposing wide receivers. You can kind of explain that stat by the fact that the Bills tend to jump out to a lead in most games here. But if even if that's the case here and Mike White's playing from behind, that's only a good thing. I think there is enough room for both Garrett Wilson and Corey Davis to be productive in this offense, and Corey Davis is the most readily available out of this bunch. And you mentioned now repeatedly Mike White against the Bills this week, but I think there's a reason why we were so aggressively high in him last week is because rest of season schedule for the fantasy playoffs looks pretty good. Your, your biggest yep. concern is that Mike White is the starter for the rest of the season. And Robert Sala was noncommittal about that prospect and saying, let's take one week at a time. We know for certain Zach Wilson will not play this week. That's, mm-hmm. that's all I need to see. Let's just keep it going. because if Mike White is the starter as long as they're in a playoff hunt. You know, if they're serious about making guess, the playoffs, yeah. Wilson doesn't go under center the rest of the season. Yeah, no, I, I agree with I, you. you know, well that's too. not even that controversial of a statement, I don't think. Um, we did have a user question about DJ Chark, so I'll, I'll kind of let you tee it up, uh, the DJ Chark ex- explanation for the Lions. And again, they played the Jaguars, which is, I think, complicating factors for this. But hey, mm-hmm. now two straight weeks. Of they played the, the Vikings this week, the Lions. Oh, the sorry, Titans played the Jags. Chark played the uh, Jaguars this past oh, week, and yeah, that's okay, why. Revenge game. Uh, and Fair I enough, think that yes. has to be mentioned a little bit. That's what I was trying to get to. Oh, all right. All uh, right. But I, I'm impressed thus far with what he's been able to do since mm-hmm. the trend. So, again, the Lions receiving core. Obviously, Amonra is number one. They traded away their top uh, tight end in Hawkinson. It's, they don't really feature the tight end in the passing game much. They feature the running backs a ton. Um, so you got to wonder who is wide receiver two there. And I know a lot of the hype is with Jamison Williams last week. He ended up only seeing eight offensive snaps and one target. Again, using him as a gutter on special teams in his first game back from an ACL injury. Questionable. Um, but in any case, you have to look over to DJ Shark, who has definitely lapped guys like uh, Khalif Raymond on that uh, pecking order depth chart, whatever you want to call it there. He caught five of six targets for 98 this week, and that was after catching two of five targets for 16 and a touchdown the week before. Mm-hmm. In the three weeks since going back, he's gone from 10 snaps to 49 snaps to 63 snaps. He's gone from one target to five targets to six targets. Um, Shark at 16% rostered is a better play than Jamison Williams right now. I'm not sure I'd be uh, ready to go ahead and throw him as a better rest of season. Obviously not better in Dynasty, but uh, rest of season, it gets a little shaky because I'm curious if Jamison Williams' role expands any, and that's the biggest threat to Shark's usage. But Minnesota ranked 30 against opposing wideouts this week. I love the matchup. Uh, DJ Shark is a possible solution to your bye week drama. All right, so let's fold this all in. A user had asked, do they pick up DJ Shark over uh, Traylon Burks? And again, Traylon Burks suffering concussion after the touchdown catch against the Eagles. You had mentioned it, and I kind of like passed off a couple weeks ago with Joe Mixon. It feels like concussions really since Tua 
mm-hmm. Tagovailoa and the Dolphins one have been more like a multi-week deal. Mm-hmm. It's At least the one-week absence. Right. Very yes, rarely yes, yes. do you see someone get concussed, have to leave the game, and then come back the immediately the following week. Right. You know, and, and it's, we can take we can thank the whole Tua mismanagement situation for that. But um, so yeah, I'm not expecting Traylon Burks to come back now again. This depends on your team context. Do you need a wide receiver three or a flex this week? Obviously, you go DJ Shark then because we know he's going to play, and I feel a lot less confident about Burks. Just look on Twitter. Look at the look at the hit that he took. It's not pretty. So I don't feel great about Burks playing this week. I feel far better about Burks' rest of season, though, um, because uh, he has a chance to become wide receiver one in that offense uh, You know, down the stretch as the Titans fight for a playoff spot. And um, Shark, you know, he's... He's on a decent offense. I'll give the Lions mm-hmm. credit there. Um, but I do worry about maybe Jamison Williams or, you know, there could be a Khalif Raymond week or someone else in there or a Reynolds week or something. So there, there's a little bit of competition there where there's less for Tennessee once Burks get cleared. So rest of season, Burks, this week, Shark. Um, and speaking of Tennessee, I think we do have to move and discuss Robert Woods a little bit. He's only 34% rostered. And chances are, if you're in a league with active managers, uh, he's more readily available than that. That 34% is only because I think he was drafted in a lot of leagues, you know, yeah. in, in the in the heading towards double-digit rounds, and then teams just didn't cut him. That's the only reason he's 34%, because he should have been cut long ago. But given this whole situation right now, um, you know, with Burks out, uh, you're looking at Robert Woods as the top wide receiver with Westbrook Akeen being the other wide receiver there. Um, you know, they've got three wide receivers on IR and CJ board. So um, not a whole lot going on there. I think the tight ends are going to get involved, which we'll discuss in a little bit here. But Bert, Robert Woods is flexible in a way, you know, not body-wise, but you can put him in your flex. I'm sure he's body-wise, he's a professional athlete. Um, but but you can put him in your flex spot this week and um, – and he has a pretty good matchup here against the Jaguars. You like the Tannehill yep, matchup yeah. here. If you like Tannehill as a streamer, then you got to get behind at least one of these pass catchers. Yeah, and I, I think by default, it's Woods. Now, you don't feel great, but by default, it's Woods. No, I completely agree with you on the Robert Woods call. And uh, I guess we'll continue to foreshadow the tight end that we'll be mentioning a little bit later on. So there's Robert Woods and there's Jahan Dotson who hit the uh, five catches. Finally kind of feels healthy, right? At the beginning of the season, mm-hmm. there was three or four-week stretch where he was catching touchdowns from Carson yep. Wentz. Now gets one from Taylor Heineke. However, the commanders are on a bye this week. Yeah, exactly. That's a tough part. It, this is one of those luxury moves here, right, where you can, if you can stash someone, if your lineup's set, go out and grab Jahan Dotson. Otherwise, I feel like you might be able to wait until next week because he might be a drop for a lot of teams mm-hmm. with the buys. I don't agree with dropping him, but some teams are going to have to given uh, the bye week situation, but he ended up with uh, five for 54 and a touchdown on nine targets. That's significant. Um, after the bye, he gets the Giants, which have actually been decent against opposing wide receivers, but then he gets San Francisco, the Browns, and Dallas, which are all average to below average um, against opposing wideouts. So decent matchups rest of the season for Dotson. I think he could be an asset, again, if you have the luxury to keep him on your back. And I want to be clear, and people are going to ask this question, especially as you and I do our radio hits throughout the week. Hey, it's week 14. We're what are teams that are ready for the playoffs supposed to be doing? You need to be uh, looking at all aspects of your roster. And if there is a, oh, yeah. uh, Big a spot that you can cut, whatever. But I'm saying even if you don't play Jahan Dotson, the entire fantasy playoffs, you are taking an asset away from your six or eight or whatever teams out there in the playoffs. Absolutely. Though. And that is important to me as well, too. Just because they will not play for your team does not mean they are not an asset. And I think that gets lost in the equation, mm-hmm. especially as people are really trying to prep for this for this moment. I'm fortunate enough to have a lot of Kelsey leagues. But guess what? I'm still cycling through the best tight end available That's on the 
waiver wire, yes. mm-hmm. block somebody else who you know probably needs a tight end. And also, mm-hmm. if something were to happen, at least you're prepared ahead of time. I have a two-quarterback league with Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts, and Deshaun Watson has been on my bench for the last three weeks because the biggest threat to my title eventually winning in that league is one of those quarterbacks going down or somebody else getting to benefit from him. So, uh, you know, he's sitting on my bench. You always look at that roster from top to bottom. Um, I think we're at past the point where you ever need to worry about two kickers and two defenses after oh, these well, buys. Never. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, we're <laughs> past the, the point there. This is the most important two defense time ever. Is the, 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 I get what you're exactly, saying. Exactly. But I'm going all the way down to the bottom of my roster. And, uh, you know, someone dropped Van Jefferson in a league, and I like him. It's a 12-team league, mm-hmm. but I like him enough as the default option there that I've Picked him up and spent a couple fab, you know, for the second round of waivers that goes through on Saturday. Always always making your uh, roster the best it can be. And to be truthful, I, I think this week actually might be challenging with the six teams on by and theoretically mm-hmm. most teams competing. But have that same mindset for next week, too, because next week you're going to have less teams overall. The playoffs mm-hmm. will have been decided and, and theoretically less teams will be interested in the waiver wire. Just keep that mindset in mind as you continue on throughout the fantasy playoffs real quick for these other wide receivers, Isaiah Hodgins looking pretty good over Richie James. Now we, again, are disciples of the Mario Puig uh, portion of Rotoware. Mario has been touting the Hodgins and I say touting, just like reminding people that Hodgins uh, prospect profile looking pretty darn good. Now it's surprising to me that Hodgins is being used in the slot over Richie James. Yep. And that might be uh, more of the key part that you want to focus yeah, on. Yeah. James was the uh, thought to be the uh, higher targeted guy, but you know, after Darius Slayton's 92% snap count, it's Hodgins at 80% and James at 52% last week against the commanders. So um, he's taken the, uh, Taking the reins there, you know, and in a similar tier, I guess, if we want to touch on these deeper leagues, um, Ben Skoronek of the Rams has a shoulder injury. So I guess after Van Jefferson, it's Tulu Atwell who's next. And uh, there will be some leagues where that move becomes relevant. And then, you know, this is just venting as as much as anything, but Alec Pierce is only 14% rostered. He caught four of eight targets for 86 yards and a score, a very nice uh, touchdown grab on Sunday night that he readjusted on. And of course, Pittman only gets targeted four times and ends up with 16 yards. Not suggesting you drop Pittman by any means, and you're probably starting him if you were lucky enough to have him and still make the playoffs. Um, But Pierce is interesting, but again, bye week, so he's not going to be able to help you right away. And that seems to fluctuate a ton, and it's a below-average offense that, you know, the Colts are pretty much out of the playoffs now, so who who knows how much longer Matt Ryan goes until we go back to that Sam Ellinger train. You you have a lot of W's throughout the year, but I think the biggest one, and certainly the one that you can hold over my head the most, has been Donovan Peoples-Jones, who I had a question uh, mm-hmm. this week. Do I play Donovan Peoples-Jones along with five other guys? And I stupidly said, no, don't play yeah. him. Uh, consistently has been mm-hmm. a guy that you can use as wide receiver three flex every single exactly. week, which I never would have guessed. You just have to remember that last week, half of his fantasy points came on the punt return. True. So yeah. so that's the only thing. Like I don't feel – as much as I like Peoples-Jones, I don't necessarily call him a must start hmm. But uh, this week. But uh, if he's on your roster – um, I think a lot of people are just going to have to play him by default. I don't think he's a must start um, given, you know, it seems like uh, it seems like Cooper is still the guy with Watson. They didn't pass a whole bunch. They're more successful when they're running the ball with Chubb. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you can you, you definitely don't cut people's Jones, but uh, he, he's around the rest of the season. You might have to start him this week, but I wouldn't call him a must start necessarily. 
uh, given his usage with Watson. No, that's fair. All right, let's go to the tight ends before we do so. Word from our sponsors, Monkey Knife Fight. Football has been back all season long with Monkey Knife Fight, and all the NFL action is there for you to look for. And if college football is more of your speed, you got plenty of that too on Monkey Knife Fight. There's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win. Daily fantasy player props. Join now at MonkeyKnifeFight.com and you get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. So we had talked about Foster Moreau, Jelani Woods. I just don't understand what the Colts are doing with that, but that's fine. Hunter Henry didn't do nearly as much as what you wanted to for starting him. Josh Oliver and his revenge game against the Ravens, not quite as uh, key of a factor. However, I do think there's some interesting candidates. We have the Greg Dulcich reemergence now. Uh, mm-hmm. Then there's the guy that we've been touting all week, and I'll let you talk about the Titans, tight ends. Titans, tight end. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, so it's a little bit of a long shot. I'll admit this, but Chigi or Chigosium Okonkwo, uh, four for five targets, uh, 68 yards, no touchdowns, but he's definitely a tight end flyer here. And you can make the same case for Austin Hooper, who's only 14% rostered. He had five targets as well. Uh, Chigi's more likely to be available, though. And remember, like I said, Burks took that nasty hit. I'm not necessarily expecting him to play, um, but. Uh, you know, one of these guys uh, could be useful and maybe you squeak a red zone touchdown out of it. So um, that's why we're looking at Chigi. That was the sneaky ad from Allen and Jeff this week. Five and targets in consecutive weeks. Uh, I, I kind of like that as well, too. Four, five, two, 40 yard dash because he's a rookie this year. But this is a six three mm-hmm. tight end, not like your six sevens or six eights, Jelani Woods. So he's more or less a bigger receiver at four five two. It's not quite as yeah. crazy. Still, still super fast. And we know the Titans use their tight ends all the time in their offense. Like this is not uh, a shocker by any means. I think if Traylon Brooks is out, that might be a start. And you look at the six teams across the bye, maybe you're having to scratch on, on claw with uh, some of those tight ends. I guess the Packers and Commanders, you weren't really using those guys, but a Colt Komet, for example. Uh, and I guess the Colts, we talked about that with Kylan Grayson and Jelani mm-hmm. Woods too. Yeah, exactly. So obviously I thought Woods looked, he passed the eye test. He looked fantastic in the Monday night game a week ago. Um, and then of course he, he, he's injured. He's limited in practice this week. They don't really play him until the fourth quarter, which was kind of mysterious in that Sunday night game. Um, And, of course, all these Colts guys are on buys anyway, so you can take this with a grain of salt. Uh, Woods has the higher draft pedigree. He's a more talented option here. Um, But it was Kylan Granson who had the six targets. And Moelle Cox uh, had a pretty costly fumble in that game too, so that could signal a little bit of a changing of the guard here. I mean, Mo Ali Cox shouldn't really be used outside of jumbo packages and in the red zone anyway. So you're between the 20s tight ends. Uh, both of these guys are back, but Granson is someone that maybe you pick up for $0 and can keep him next year if you're in a league like that or uh, you know someone that could possibly serve as a backup here in the playoffs. Yeah, Granson shouldn't be getting the workload that he does, but the Colts are doing a lot of things that they shouldn't be doing. So if that is, I mean, it's reliable enough. And Granson mm-hmm. has been a key factor in that passing attack for however limited it might be. Um, I had mentioned Evan Ingram, and that was at least the fruitful call. I'm sorry, I had a user asked about Evan Ingram, and I had uh, was able to offset not playing down with Peoples-Jones for that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't listen to the the dutiful and smart Jake Letarski on that one. But Evan Ingram ended up doing fine in the touchdown. He got a touchdown, I guess you should say, against the Lions. Different scenario, though, most weeks. The Jaguars are not facing one of the worst defenses, and that's where I have some concerns. And Ingram's at 43% roster, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm fine with him, but just like the t- any tight end, he's inconsistent. And uh, speaking of inconsistency, I unfortunately dropped – I was so high on Greg Dulcich, and then I dropped him because uh, I actually – he was the guy I dropped for Van Jefferson because he came off a week with just like a oh, couple of targets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, he, was at, he was my drop for Van Jefferson. Then, of course, he comes out – 
Gets targeted eight times, catches six for 85 here. Granted, Jerry Judy's back, maybe not 100%, but he's around. Right. But also in Denver, you have Cortland Sutton um, looking at a multi-week absence due to a hamstring injury. And here, I actually, uh, you know how I always say like, oh, I saw this on Twitter somewhere and I never write it down. Yes, this is yes, courtesy yes, yes. of Jacob Gibbs on Twitter here. I'll give him some credit here. Greg Dulcich had a 38% target share and 42% air yardage share in week 13. He's just the second tight end under the age of 23 to record a target share above 35% in a game over the last 10 years years so this is literally historic volume for greg dulcich and their whole i mean hamler's banged up hint kendall hinton's getting playing time in this receiving core here it's uh it's down to judy and dulcich pretty much in terms and then i'm sure mike boone's gonna get some action we didn't mention him in running backs but he'll get a little action out of the backfield here if you need a really really desperate flex but um after dropping Dulcich last week, I am even as a Kelsey owner, I'm going to spend a lot of fab to re- recover Dulcich and make sure nobody else gets him. That's fair. Let's talk about the defenses real quick. I I had to think about it, and I actually ended up re-listening to our podcast. We did thankfully recommend the Browns defense uh, mm-hmm. as one of the top wave of our pickers. Thirty point yeah. bomb. That was insane. I exactly. wish I had listened to my own advice. Yeah, I mean we we had the Seahawks number one, and they were serviceable. <laughs> they had they had some they had several turnovers, and and I picked up the Seahawks for a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, the Browns were the big one. Uh, there and even the Packers, who we mentioned, had uh, you know some key turnovers in the end of that game, despite you know not looking good to start out the contest this week. Um, you know, the Vikings, 45% at Detroit, Miami, 35% at the Chargers. I don't like those away teams. What I do like are a couple of home teams here. Um, you know, you can take either side of the Rams and the Raiders, right? Because the Rams are 34%. Um, will they get Aaron Donald back? I'm not quite sure about that situation. Tough. Uh, but the Raiders are going to, you know, be facing whatever quarterback the Rams throw out there. And the Raiders are only about 17% rostered here. So you definitely have to take a look at him. Um as much as I like Tyler Huntley, he is the Ravens' backup quarterback, so you could maybe take a look at the Steelers at 28% against uh, their home against Tyler Huntley. And T.J. Watt's always capable of making yes. you know a really, really big play in, in any given game. So, you know, they, if you're trying to gamble uh, and pick a team that's going to get a defensive touchdown in any given week, T.J. Watt's a good tiebreaker when making yes. that decision. So uh, you got to think about that. And then I threw on the Bengals. They're 25% rostered. Again, a home team. A big division matchup. This team is pretty hot, and Deshaun Watson didn't look so hot. So, uh, you know, if you take that into account here, so that's actually at- my favorite streaming defense. I, mm-hmm. I the Bengals have been better than I would have thought. Trey Hendrickson has just been a massive difference maker for that mm-hmm. team, and they're getting back to their turnover ways, which really got yeah. them running the playoffs last year. I think the Bengals, uh, mm-hmm. Watson did not look good, and I just don't anticipate that changes over a two-week stretch, right? I mean, one week, two weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, I you don't play football for two years. It probably takes a couple of games yes. to uh Yes, that was my whole thing. It. Yes, I, yep. I and And now, yeah, I'm finally ready to, to admit that and uh, agree that he won't be so hot off the bat. But you never know. I still expect improvement this week and a little bit more improvement the following week. So, you know, I, I guess we'll go ahead and see there. Yeah, tough matchup, like I said, against the Bengals. Uh, and I think they're a decent enough defense. But you mentioned a few streamers that kind of work. We actually are low on the questions, so that does it for us. Uh well, so somebody asked. They snuck it in again under the gun again. Another lineup question. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Mike Christ White Christ. against the Bills or Tannehill off waivers. We've touched on that already. I would start Tannehill. I'm not dropping Mike White though. So I guess that would be the the key yeah. in this is that I want Mike White for the rest of the season. But if I had an option, yeah. extra roster spot, you can carry him both. I guess I could see a slight lean for Tannehill, but the uh, gap isn't far enough apart where I would be dropping White entirely. You know, it's a slight mm-hmm. gap for me, not a huge one. Okay, no, that's fair. That's the only other question that kind of came in. So uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Obviously, best of luck in Week 14, likely playoff uh, 
eligible week for you. We want to have everyone listening uh, again next week for the start of the playoffs for many people. So again, best of luck with your lineups. And again, this is presented by No House Advantage. Uh, tune in next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.